What blocks wealth sometimes is not your lack of talent or your capability, but limiting unconscious beliefs that sabotage your financial growth. What is the psychology behind it all? We all have a money personality type. There are eight of them. And quite often, we cannot move forward until we uncover which one we are. So today, we're going to determine your financial personality type. It's seven figures. I'm your host, Sandy Waters. Thank you so much to all of you for sending such kind emails about this podcast and how it's helping you achieve your why, your end financial goal. I'm glad it's working for you. And thank you to our friends at Family First Credit Union for their support, a helpful, educated team in our community that enjoys helping you live a financially healthy life. Okay, so let's get to it. What is your relationship with money? How often do you think about it a day? What is your money archetype? We cash in with our expert, Lisa Powers, elder law and tax planning by training, who went into personal finance and money coaching to help her clients achieve their goals. She is the only business coach in Rochester who is a partner in a Rochester law firm, Boylan Code. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, Sandy. Approaching it from the psychology behind money, if we feel like we're stuck, stuck in a financial rut, we're not seeing the financial growth that we want, what's the first step? I think the starting point is understanding what drives you. Okay. Um, You know, you and I have talked and I asked you to actually take an assessment that I give to my private clients when I'm working with them, because too often in business and even in your personal life, I mean, this plays out for everyone. I think it's not unique to business owners or business leaders. Um, We're told to do things, but we don't have any connection to what should be happening. So we need to understand what drives us in order to have an appropriate response. We all are imprinted by experiences growing up. And sometimes it's something really traumatic. Sometimes it's, it's something major. You know, you watch your parents go through a divorce and the finances fall apart. Yeah. That obviously has a huge effect on people, not just in the realm of money. Um, I use money as a lens for how we look at things. But, you know, it could be something that you don't think of as necessarily being a money experience or a money decision, but years later it will kind of surface for you. So it may just be having a parent who said over and over again, we can't afford that. No, we're not getting that. And it it wasn't necessarily when I talked to adults that they couldn't afford it, but it was a choice. And so in their mind, they were told all the time, no, there's not enough. There's never going to be enough. And so it sort of permeates and becomes part of your personality. And you can become someone who looks as though the glass is always half empty. Oof. So as a parent, we have to be more selective with how we talk about money. We have to remember that it is laying out the framework for how our kids are going to view money in the future, their relationship with money. Right. Okay. Now let's talk about this money test that you gave me that determines your money personality type. Man, this test really is thought provoking. It forces you to be self-aware and be honest with your answers. And thank you because you were. Um, There are eight personality types. Okay. And what this particular assessment does is highlight for you what your major influencers are. So. We look at your top three personalities, and then we look at the one that kind of came in last. 
what we found out about you is that you are a wonderful saver. Your top personality is what we call an accumulator, or mm. the nickname for that is inner banker. So you are spot on. You know what's happening with your finances. You probably could tell me the balances. I will not ask you to divulge, but you probably could tell me the balances. I bet you know exactly what you owe on your mortgage if you owe anything. Yeah. Chances are you may not owe on a mortgage because you're so good at saving. But it's so. fear-driven. I'll be honest with you. I don't want to sure. get to a point where I can't afford to right. fix the brakes on my car right. or whatever it may be. People who are accumulators tend not to just have one place. So you may have your main savings, yeah. but I would guess you have at least one, if not two, emergency stashes somewhere that perhaps your spouse doesn't even know about. There is money mm-hmm. that I set aside, and yeah. the minute I move it over... I pretend it doesn't exist. (laughs) And for people who are not accumulators, that just doesn't even exist. So if you were someone who is, say, a celebrity personality type, you taking to the extreme derive satisfaction out of buying expensive things. You get pleasure just in the shopping. And I would guess that if I said to you, hey, let's go on a shopping spree, you would start having heart palpitations. Yeah, I feel guilty. (laughs) Yeah. But before kids, I didn't. I don't think as much. I think it's the fear of providing for them, making sure sure that I do. I do get anxious anytime I have to spend money. That's where it can start to hurt you because it shouldn't, you know, there's, there's a healthy focus where you're aware and you're paying attention and you're making sure that you do. And, you know, again, another disclaimer, I'm not a financial planner, but obviously you want to be saving. You want to be making sure that you've got your emergency fund. And if you're putting away for the kids for education and your own retirement, but There's a healthy balance where you can say, you know what, we are doing a good job. We are putting away where we're supposed to. It really is okay if we decide we want to go out to dinner. It's not going to break the bank. It's not going to throw us into this debt spiral. You are doing the right thing and that you can let go a little bit. The other top two for you are personalities called ruler and maverick. How fun is that? You've got a (laughs) maverick in you, Sandy, if you just let it loose. Um, But a ruler type personality Um, is driven by trying to make things really great for everyone around them. If you're in an ownership or leadership position, you're trying to make things better for your team and you want things to work easily, but you're so driven to perform that if you combine that with the fear that you may have about spending, you can really set yourself up for exhaustion and and health-related issues because you're so driven to make sure. And there's a part of you that's always worried that there's never enough. Two of your top three are worried that there's never going to be enough. How many of your clients are like that? A lot, because entrepreneurs do tend to be incredibly driven people. So I I see ruler a lot in the top three of the business owners that I work with. Okay. Um, But again, there's no right or wrong. So that's where, when we say the top three, so you are very focused on making sure you're saving and being frugal and making smart choices. I mean, you're never going to purchase something that's extravagant on a whim. That's just not in you. Right. It's in my husband though. I'm converting him though. (laughs) I'm pulling him to the dark side. Well, so let me ask you this. Is he someone in your private life who loves to play? Right. Is he is he someone who likes to go out and tries to make you laugh and lighten up and kind of. Yes. Our backgrounds are completely different. And I think in a lot of relationships, they probably are. Right. His parents were always struggling to make ends meet. He pretty much moved out on his own and made it on his own where I grew up in a very structured environment. I saw my dad work, you know, Kodak, Mm -hmm. like every other person in Rochester, save, save, save discipline. And then we met. 
<laughs> magic. <laughs> yes, magic. <laughs> I, I guess we're trying to find that happy medium. Right. But that's where it's a good balance because you're always going to bring that headset to whatever decision that the two of you are making together that, okay, well, I've examined all the options and this is okay. <laughs> and he's going to be helping inject a little bit of levity and fun in your life. Because when you've got ruler and accumulator, you can be so serious because yeah. you're so worried. You know, if you take that to the extreme, it can really suck all the joy out of your life. Are you calling me not fun? Never. <laughs> but so here's the other thing. And we didn't talk about your third, which is Mavericks. So Mavericks like to be a little bit different. Mm. Mavericks don't mind standing out from the crowd, right? Here you are. You're a personality. We all know who you are. Mavericks have a lot of tenacity when it comes to generating income. So no matter what you're doing, you have an inner talent for creating income. So you never have to worry that it won't be there. Without a doubt, that's reassuring. But when there are opportunities, I find myself doing this. I don't ask for compensation as often as I should. And I wonder, is that an issue a lot of other women struggle with? I hate to generalize, but yes. <laughs> yes, I definitely see that. You know, and again, I think part of that is conditioning. And I think part of it is just hardwired. You know, you told me before, you've grown up in a really traditional family, right? There are expectations. And as a wife, as a mom, mm -hmm. you want to take care of people. So if it needs to be done, I'm just going to take care of it. And you often take that into the workplace, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So where do you draw the line or how do you ask for the compensation you deserve? Once you are aware and recognize what's driving you. Yeah. It is a challenge if you're not used to asking. And I'm, uh, you know, I, I will say I'm a recovering people pleaser because uh, <laughs> it isn't easy. But when you can look at what you bring to the table know that you're providing value and know that it's not about ego. It really is. Look at all the things that I'm doing. Yeah. And so let me flip it though. If you needed to ask because it mattered to your family or you were trying to help out someone else, would you have trouble asking? No. So don't you deserve the same kind of treatment that you give other people? Uh, yes. Shouldn't you champion yourself as Are much as you Are we all doing this together? So, yes. yes. You're right. <laughs> We have to value ourselves yes. more. And that's what so. your assessment does. It just opens your eyes to these little weak points. I look at it a little differently. I want to highlight your strengths. Okay. Because you have amazing strengths. And then it's calling awareness to your challenges so that you can start to diminish them. Can mm -hmm. you move forward without recognizing what your weaknesses are? Because you and I were talking that when you know that you need to take control of your finances, what do you do? You first, you know, seek out a YouTube video or buy a book, right? right? <laughs> exactly. But can you even reap the benefits of what you're learning if you don't know exactly where you stand? I think you can in the short term, but the reality is you have ingrained, we all have ingrained patterns in yeah. us. And if you're not aware of what's going on, it's just like with anything that you're trying to change. You try and start a new habit, but if you don't address the underlying cause of what the problem was or what the limitation was, you're going to slip back into old habits probably pretty quickly. Getting this awareness is really the starting point. Because otherwise, you're just trying to, you know, force yourself into a framework that doesn't fit, okay. in my opinion. You know, with me being an elder law attorney and tax attorney for individuals and folks, I got into the money aspect and doing the coaching around it.
because clients were continually coming in to see me for legal advice and then not following any of it. And then they'd come back in a worse situation six, nine months later and say, okay, we know you told us what to do, but we just didn't do it for whatever reason. And then we'd kind of have to start over. And, you know, sadly, oftentimes a lot of money had been lost. So It's daunting. It's it overwhelming. Is. It is. It's uncomfortable. Yes. So if you're an accumulator like me, where right. you're constantly a worrywart about, will I be okay financially? Yeah. It's, it's letting yourself flip that and say, in the past, I was worrywart. Now I just know I'm very focused and I'm very good at managing my money so I can breathe a little bit and I can actually go out and have a little fun. Now, what are you? Are you an accumulator? Where I'm are you? not an accumulator. <laughs> where are you? I, I'm a maverick. A maverick, okay. I'm a maverick, a ruler like you, and um, I'm a nurturer. I like to take care of people. What so, are the key points? Okay. So, key questions you can ask, and then it determines that you're Sure. One. So, if you're someone who really gets their sense of satisfaction out of taking care of other people, you feel good when you've done something for someone, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a recognition piece. You know you've done it, so you feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't say no when someone asks you to do something. Mm. It's it's almost like a shot in your ego. <gasps> they want me to help them? Okay, I have to say yes. So for people who are nurturers, if it's taken to the extreme, you can completely burn yourself out because you're constantly saying yes to everyone uh, and anything around you that asks for help. Yeah. And you don't do enough to take care of yourself. So, people pleaser. People pleaser. <laughs> and, and not that men can't fall into this too. They're, they're you know, these categories are for people. They're not just for women. I just, I tend to work more with women than men, but I definitely have worked with men and they have some of these same issues. Women, however, though, who are nurturers in their kind of top personality pieces can really, um, they're they're the ones that you're like, wow, she does everything and she seems so friendly, but sometimes one-on-one, she's kind of a witch. Because she's kind of gotten to the oh, end of her. she too thin. She's yeah. to the end of the rope and you caught her in a bad moment and the mask fell off and she just snapped. So so that was something that I really had to work on. Now, how do you work on that? Learning to say no. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, and learning to really prioritize and say, you know what? Yes, I care and I want to help, but you don't necessarily need to be the one who does everything. Okay. Right. It's okay to share responsibilities. I had to let go. I have an amazing husband, and he's a fabulous dad. And I definitely was such a control freak that nurture was like, I have to be the one who does it. But you know what? He can make a really good dinner. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, you really can go to Wegmans and do the grocery shopping. It, it's yeah. not a talent that I uniquely have. Was it that so. you perceived it as a weakness if you didn't? Oh, asking for help? Oh, my gosh. Mm. You can't ask for help. You're the helper. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one personality trait, and then the solution is to prioritize. We solution did. is to prioritize, recognize that you're not being selfish when you actually go to exercise or take a class or do something that just kind of... Oh, that's all of our struggle, yeah, isn't it? absolutely. And you yeah. don't have to have that in your top three, um, but it's it definitely is something yeah. that is pretty common with people. Um, so, you know, some of, some of the others, if... <laughs> We all, we all tend to know people who are the romantic. And I don't mean romantic in a lovey-dovey sense. I mean romantic is in they are all about themselves and it's all about pleasing themselves. It's the inner hedonist. Do I enjoy this? If I do, then I'll do it. So those people can be great, um, you know, but they can be 
completely out of control with finances because it's all about living in the moment and is this fun and they're not worried about tomorrow. So it's nice because they can be super optimistic. You know, like they're not afraid. They're not worried about saving for retirement because who can even think about retirement? But now the upcoming generation, they're kind of like that. So do you see more romantic types coming in? Yes. And definitely coming into the business world. So, you know, one of the things that this assessment is useful for is helping figure out who should be on a team, you know. So romantics, because they're so good about experiences, they're fabulous in sales, right? Because they're a person you want to be around. They're Ah. exciting and they've got great ideas. And, you know, they're the one that if you say, hey, let's hop in the car and go to Atlantic City. Sure, why not? Okay. Yeah. So, So there are really wonderful things about the impulsiveness, but it needs to be tempered. Sometimes, sometimes it really is, you can live life to the fullest without necessarily bankrupting yourself, right? And I know you've talked about bankruptcy before. So hold back is the solution for the romantic. Getting, getting awareness and some control. Okay. Like, hey, you know, you, you can go on a shopping spree, but instead of bringing the credit card, maybe take some cash and like, here's how much I have today to go on the shopping spree, just as an example. So, you know, there's things a budget. for everyone. Well, I'm going to walk into this store. Yeah, that's a dirty word good. for anyone who's a romantic. I don't use oh, the word okay, budget sorry. either. <laughs> <laughs> to you, you're like, oh, that's an exciting that's word. That's the word I often use. Okay. To a romantic, they would slam the door in my face and be like, get away from me. Who do you think you are? <laughs> so what's another uh, um, personality type that so we can... So another one is an alchemist. This is the inner idealist. They want to change the world, right? Ah, Someone like that cares so deeply and they can, you know, very often you think of artists, okay. they're alchemists. They, if, when they're earning money, they'll typically make it in unconventional ways. You know, you, you often will not find an alchemist in a traditional nine to five job unless perhaps it's with a not-for-profit so that they're able oh. to do something creative. Now, of course, I'm generalizing, right? But alchemists are another personality trait that if it's one of your big drivers, you don't have any good connotations for the most part about money, you know, and the thought of focusing on money. Well, I don't want to be that greedy person. I'm not focused on money. I'm focused on helping people. You can have a healthy relationship with money that doesn't involve being greedy or, you know, wanting things. It doesn't make you materialistic to focus on making sure that you've got savings for when you can no longer work. Yeah. Right. So it's just, again, bringing that awareness and and helping heal that relationship. And then was there one more? Let's see. Yep. Um, Connector. Oh, connector. So connectors. These are people that you love to meet when you're out networking or you're at a cocktail party. They're the person that will instantly just form some sort of connection to you. Right. And you feel like you've known them for years. Mm. So, again, connectors are all focused on relationships. They don't want to think about money. Maybe they think it's dirty. Maybe they just don't care. They're another personality type that is really not worried too much about tomorrow. I'm always going to be taken care of. But if you have connector really driving you, you may find yourself being in a position where someone else is calling the shots with money. So it may be a comfort thing where if you're in a relationship, the other person always makes the decision so you don't have to worry about it. But if that's taken to the extreme, it can be really unhealthy. So if you're the type of person that easily gives up that control, mm-hmm. right? then you might lean. Right. Connected. So connectors become, probably need the most amount of work? 
No, it really is, again, just raising awareness and and working on the things that help them. So, for example, connectors are, tend to be really resilient people. You know, they can bounce around in different situations and find a comfort okay. level. So none of these are inherently weak. None of them are inherently strong. Okay. You know, it's just the combination that you have in you and what you play to. We didn't talk a lot about celebrity. I know I mentioned it. Celebrities are fun, and celebrities can be a lot like romantics. Celebrities often are the type of people that you notice them when they walk in the room. You know, a romantic's a big party person, but the celebrity is the one that pulls all the attention to them. They're going to walk in. They're not going to be in a muted gray pinstripe suit. Right. Okay. They're going to be in a designer bright purple everything. dress, sparkly high heels, designer bag. I always, I always think of celebrities. They like bling. You know, it's got okay. glitter on it. You know, when my daughter was younger, she loved that store at the mall where everything was coated in glitter. Yes. Like, right. Where are we going with this? But <laughs> I think it was just the age. But it's that kind of thing. So celebrities like to be the big shot. They like to be the center of attention, which is fabulous because they are also really good in business settings where you've got to create a good experience for your clients. Mm. They're usually wonderful in marketing, right? So they know how to bring a client in and show them a good time and make sure that they're actually taken care of. There's a little bit of a nurturer there. But that tendency to buy without thinking, again, can kind of set them up for problems in the future. They're they're really amazing positives with every personality yeah. type. And it's just figuring out what the combination is that's driving you. Try to have an equal blend of all of them then. Yeah, really just focusing on the strengths and then trying to kind of dampen those challenges, you know. So like we talked about with accumulator, like the the lack of trust issue, you know, knowing that you can trust yourself enough that you will make good decisions. You're not going to be taken in easily because you are. Accumulators do tend to be much more analytical. I'm going to be more celebrity now. I'm going to go buy some bling. (laughs) Because I but think see, celebrity was you my can. last on the list, it wasn't was. it? It was. But see, maybe, and again, when it's your last, the lowest personality type, usually that's a part of you that you kind of wanted to either intentionally disown or something happened along the way. As celebrities last, it may have been that at one point when you were younger, you tried to take center stage and someone in your life said to you, who do you think you are? <clears throat> I'm a middle child. So I think all middle children. (laughs) So you had to break out to get some attention. (laughs) We were often overlooked. So maybe that's where it comes from. Yeah. Uh, But I do think that probably plays into it. But it it really, it's, it's such a fascinating tool for me because I do think when people answer the questions, honestly, it's a really good way to highlight those key pieces. Yeah. And then once you know, it's up to you what you do with it. All right. Now it's time for the ROI return on investment. What would you say is the one big takeaway from today? Learn what your drivers are so you can play to your strengths and dim those challenges. If you need any more information or if you want to work one-on-one with Lisa, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, best way is to either call me at Boiling Code. Uh, 
can I give the phone number? Yeah, okay. absolutely. <laughs> you can call me at Boiling Code 585-232-5300. Or if you prefer, probably my LinkedIn profile is easy. Uh, I know general email doesn't always come through. So on LinkedIn, I'm Lisa M. Powers. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks so much. We mentioned it today. A lot of us struggle with being too much of a people pleaser, going above and beyond, putting in extra time and not always asking for the proper compensation. So... Since it hits close to home for so many of us, next week, we're going to bring in Melissa Campos, a Dale Carnegie master, how to be better at promoting yourself, how to outshine every other employee at work. And what do you do when a team member isn't pulling their weight? How to complain the right way next week on Seven Figures. Thanks to our good friends at Family First Credit Union for your support. And if you ever have any personal finance questions or suggestions for topics, reach out to me on Twitter at Seven Figures Pod or email me, Sandy at RochesterBuzz.com. Talk to you next week.